Welcome to the fourth branch program. Glad you can make it. I am MD. This program is dedicated exclusively for those with common sense, a spirit of patriotism, and a determination for a more perfect union. Stay tuned as we begin the discussion of a very important, interesting, and enlightening topic. Hope to hear from you soon. Happy listening. Welcome to the fourth branch program. Today is Monday, November 25th, 2019. We are going to take a look at is there any time, any situation in which or during which it is okay, meaning is justified to do wrongdoing. Is there any situation that you can think of that it's okay for wrongdoing? I grew up in an environment, whether it's the fear of getting lashes, it's something that did not happen often. My father was a very strict individual. We grew up in such environment, the fear of getting lashes was enough incentive for us. And I say we because I have siblings. The very fear of getting lashes would keep us in line. Now we've seen, we've watched, we've witnessed others in the neighborhood, our colleagues, our friends, corporal punishment. So later on in life I've struggled to reconcile between the fear of getting lashes and the understanding that it is wrong, period to get involved in wrongdoing. My father in particular used to press the this principle that 
it's always, always better to tell the truth, irrespective of the consequences. In fact, he explained that hiding the truth or lying make things worse down the road. That's why I personally witness both myself and my sibling not getting rewarded for telling the truth when we're in trouble, but at least getting punished less for doing so. So we understand very early in age, uh, very early growing up, that it's wrong to lie, it's wrong to deceive, and it's always better to tell the truth, no matter the consequences. This principle has been so ingrained in my life that I have, I think I, I cannot stand. In fact, the word cannot stand may not be strong enough to explain how much I hate individuals who lie. I, I just cannot tolerate anybody that lies to me. Couple that with the fact that I grew up in a Christian environment, it is almost impossible for me to explain how millions of people, people who belong to a political party who claim to be Christian, it is baffling to me to explain how those same individuals can justify, can tolerate liars can tolerate wrongdoing and try to explain it away. That is the most baffling thing for me. We're going to be looking at the aspect of how today everyone in the Republican Party legislators, elected officials, and yes, supporters, they all out explaining away wrongdoing and justifying it. Now there is a big difference between denying something that wrong and explain away why you've done what's wrong. There is a major difference. Now, you could still be the guilty party on both counts, but what makes the conversation almost impossible to have with any individual who can sit down and explain away that it's okay for anyone to get involved in wrongdoing, but let alone the individual who has the highest office in the land, an individual you, we all expect to be a role model, an individual we expect to have the highest integrity, 
not only displayed none, but has everyone around him explaining away his wrongdoing as justified. First, we're going to be looking at the wrongdoing itself. And we're going to ask the obvious question. Is it okay? Is wrongdoing okay? Is it okay in your personal life? Are you okay to teach your children that it's fine, wrongdoing is fine? If not, what do you do? plus years, the country wakes up every day to confusion, to chaos, triggered, caused, generated by the very individual whose primary job is to prevent it in the first place. Hi, my name is Mike Duchenne, host of the Fourth Fringe Program, The Place for Common Sense. FDR said that the liberty of a democracy is not safe. If the people tolerated the growth of private power to a point where it becomes stronger than the democratic state itself, ownership of government by an individual, by a group, or any controlling private power is fascism. FDR also warned us to beware of that small group of selfish men who would clip the wings of the American ego in order to feather their own nest and to never underestimate a man who overestimate himself. We did also receive warning from other very famous politicians. George Washington, the first president of the United States, warned us to guard against the imposture of pretended patriotism. With this publication, we tackle the discussion on how the guardrails of our democracy are being removed, the rule of law trampled, the constitution shredded right under our eyes. Is it politics? Join me every day for our regular program aired at 10.30 a.m. 
on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter for a discussion on social political issues which impact our lives and those of future generations. See you then. If you join us before, thank you for making this journey a little bit lighter, a tad more bearable. If you join us for the first time, once again, welcome. The Fourth Branch program is not associated with any political party, and we at the Fourth Branch, we do not have any political agenda or aspiration. Our ultimate objective is to perfect the union, and in order to do so, we ought to remove the biggest obstacle, ignorance. JFK said that the ignorance of one voter in a democracy impairs the security of us all. That's the importance of eradicating ignorance from our society. It is easy to point fingers that's something we all somehow learn from our environment or it is probably an aspect of self-preservation when we do something and we get caught doing it and we like to point finger to somebody else we like to pass the buck so to speak say it's somebody else's fault. Even caught red-handed, we always try to figure out a way out of that, out of that predicament. So we point fingers. So it is not any surprise to anyone that since Donald Trump has occupied the Oval Office, there have been a lot of fingers pointed at him. Now to those who support him, who defend him, it's unfair everything that everyone pointing finger at him must be in the wrong. But it is impossible not to. Because regardless of your political party, it is highly improbable that one does not observe the chaos, the confusion, the daily chaos, the daily confusion. This is not something that happened by sheer accident. It's not something that happened just because, you know, we have some trouble with enemies, with foreign enemies, with terrorism, or anything of this sort. This chaos, this daily, this frequent confusion in the country is caused by one individual. The president of the United States. No one can deny that. No one can argue that. But what is troubling, what is baffling is the fact that we have millions of individuals, millions of people who seem to be okay with it. 
to support it, to back it up, to defend it. Some even go to the extreme to say they would take, they would go to war for it. This question, trying to understand this predicament the country is in, seems to be something that the fields of psychology, maybe psychiatry, will have to consider at some point. Mass delusion, mass deception. Because it's one thing that one individual would be deceived by another individual. Or a few by other individuals. But it is impossible to understand that a whole political party can actually be deceived by one individual. It is not an easy exercise trying to understand that. Abraham Lincoln said that you can fool all the people some of the time, some of the people all the time, but you cannot fool all the people all the time. Now, some of the people all the time, this is where today the Republican Party fall, that everyone in the Republican Party is fooled by Donald Trump, and it seems to be all the time, because since the beginning of his presidency to today, Donald Trump support has not wavered. It's almost as if the individual who supported him, who voted for him, don't have any understanding that he is the person causing all this problem in the country. But what we're going to be looking at is in light of the fact that Donald Trump impeachment is ongoing, we saw the past two weeks there was an impeachment, a public impeachment inquiry laid out for the American people to see, to hear from eyewitnesses, from people involved directly in this particular situation, talking with knowledge as to how the President of the United States, after Two years of being investigated for soliciting help from a foreign government at that time. Russia now get himself involved once again soliciting help from another foreign government, this time Ukraine. One thing that we learn from listening to all the witnesses is it did happen you may recall that when the news first came out courtesy of a whistleblower the whole defense was it did not happen it could not have happened the president wasn't involved line of defense switching from okay we did try to ask but it's because the president was interested in weeding out corruption from Ukraine. And it changes over time to the point of now 
everyone, including the very people defending Donald Trump, come to the conclusion, yes, it did happen. All the detail provided did happen. And coerced by not just one or two people, but by several people. So the defense can no longer be, it did not happen, can no longer be the president was involved, but rather, it's not a big deal. That's why we ask the question, is there a time that we can say wrongdoing is justified? Now, one thing to keep in mind, number one, that today there is no dispute, no disagreement that the President of the United States solicited a foreign government to get involved in our internal affairs. That is facts that no one dispute, not even Donald Trump himself. Keep that in mind. Caught red-handed, there is no more argument that it did not happen. Let's use the analogy that a thief that broke into a bank inside the bank the alarm went off police called in he's surrounded he's inside the bank so there is no argument anymore that he did not break the bank now the question remains did what that bank robber do a crime. That's really where we are today. For those of you Republican supporters, Donald Trump supporters who may not understand the severity of what's currently going on, there is no more argument that he didn't do it. It's not the damn Democrat that accused him of doing something he didn't do. Everybody agrees Everybody is on board, including all, not some, but all the Republicans, all of those that are currently defending Donald Trump, they all have one thing that they all agree on, that Donald Trump did indeed solicit from a foreign government to investigate something that local to us. In other words, to get involved in our internal affairs. This argument is out of the wind, is no longer uh, in dispute. We all agree to it. Now let's take a look at the details surrounding that. And of course, in order to and by the way, the reason that we we are concerned about this is because we realize that a lot of people seem to confuse a lot of things that are happening in this country. And they seem not to understand the severity. They seem not to be able to even foresee how 
much damage those kind of things are doing to the very fabric of our society, to the very structure of our government. It's not politics. I explain for those of you who have watched this program before, I explain the difference between politics and whatever else that Republicans are doing today. To keep it in perspective for you, the Constitution requires that the legislative body, that is Congress and the Senate, yes, the same people today who give up their job, who relinquish their job, who abandon their job, the Constitution requires that the legislative body exercise oversight on the executive branch. Not Democrat uh, only, not Republican only, but the legislative body, meaning Democrat and Republican, or any political party that happen to comprise the legislative body. So, in other words, what we're seeing today is the very destruction of our constitution. You may not be able to see it because you, if you're so partisan, you want Republican to defend Donald Trump, then you're fine with what they're doing. But what we are observing live as eyewitnesses is the very system of democracy in the United States crumbling right under our eyes. We are watching the legislative body, Republicans, abandoning, relinquishing their legislative, their constitutional duty, which is to exercise oversight, but instead turning into the defenders of the executive branch. 1974, Richard Nixon had to resign because it became clear to the legislative body, mostly Republican, that got to the point of realizing that we have to protect the Constitution no matter how much they liked Richard Nixon, no matter how much they liked his policy, no matter how much they liked what he was doing for the country, it came to a point where they have to come, they came to the conclusion that it is far more important to be loyal to the United States of America to protect the Constitution than to defend a man. And they came to that conclusion. In 1998, Bill Clinton was impeached because he had an affair. And Lindsey Graham, of all people, came on stood on the, on, on, the, on the house floor to make the case that we have to protect the integrity of the presidency. We have to defend the Constitution of the United States. Today, those very individuals, nothing has changed about the, on the Constitution. It's still the same Constitution that ought to be protected, that ought to be defended. Now, if you are a Republican and you're watching this, 
you should be very concerned for your children and your grandchildren because as i mentioned before in this program erosion of democracy doesn't happen overnight it happened because of those type of behavior it's one decision after another after another that would eventually rid the country of what is important which is that democracy that we all say we want to preserve instant gratification will not get you far now granted there are always going to be bad element in a society we've seen that even according to the bible in jesus time there are always going to be bad element which means i understand that on in the republican circle there will always be bad elements people who want to continue to erode our democracy to continue to shred of our constitution i understand that but what's difficult to swallow is to watch a whole political party legislators and constituent all of them on board in the destruction of our democracy in the erosion of our constitution that is difficult to swallow as as i mentioned before in this program if republican were the only one who would pay the price then i would say to hell with them but unfortunately the boat called the united states of america will sink with everyone on board in our research trying to understand what really is going on we found out that the republican legislators have made a pledge to capitalize on the ignorance of the constituent let me explain that in simple term people like Mitch McConnell Lindsey Graham Jim Jordan Mike Meadow John Kennedy all of those people they believe that the constituent are too stupid to understand what they're doing so they can do anything and sell them lies and deception and they will get away with it and it's not just in politics in business in religion all the leaders decide that they can take advantage of the ignorance of the following of their audience of their constituent oh no it's not me saying that i'm too shy to say those kind of things it's your leaders republican constituent who believe that you are too stupid too ignorant to understand what they're doing as such they can lie to you they can deceive you they can manipulate you and you would go along with whatever they say for 2 weeks 
publicly, you have witnesses after witnesses that came and speak. Not telling you what they think, but telling you what happened. Facts. None of which was refuted by the Republicans. Not a single fact presented during those two weeks was refuted by Republicans. But instead, they brought forth conspiracy theory. And following those two weeks, we still have Republican legislators who continue to believe that the Republican constituents are too stupid to understand. Now, watch Chris Wallace on Fox interviewing John Kennedy, Senator of Louisiana. Remember I talked about John Kennedy before that? It's a guy that can tell you that the devil is better than Jesus and will make an argument for it. And I kid you not. And this is not something I just said for the sake of saying. Every time I watch that guy talk, it's almost impossible for me to imagine that someone who graduated from Yale or Harvard and from Oxford University, the very well-renowned university in the world, could be stupid. Obviously, he's not. It's because he believes the people that he's talking to are stupid, so he can make any argument and they will buy it. Now, watch very closely his interview with Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace is, of course, a Fox uh, host, questioning him about the fact that Devin Nunez and company have been pushing the argument that the 2016 presidential election was meddled in by Russia, by Ukraine, not Russia. Now, watch closely how Chris Wallace tried to make that point to John Kennedy and listen to his answer. You're going to be blown away. And the only reason he can do that is because he's betting on the fact that the audience, those people listening, are way too stupid to understand his answer. Watch closely. Senator Kennedy, who do you believe was responsible for hacking the DNC and Clinton campaign computers, their emails? Was it Russia or Ukraine? I don't know, nor do you, nor do any of us. Uh, Ms. Hill. Uh, well, I mean, let me just, let me just interrupt to say the entire intelligence community says it was Russia. Right, but it could also be Ukraine. I'm not saying that... I don't know if you heard the answer to the question. Chris Wallace asked, is it Ukraine or Russia that meddled in the 2016? John Kennedy first answer, I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Of course, Chris Wallace stopped him right on his track to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whole intelligence community, and what whole intelligence means, CIA, FBI, NSA, Homeland Security, even our foreign intelligence allies community, 
everyone across the board. There is not a single intelligence agency in the world, ally of the United States, who does not know that Russia was uh, the guilty party. And what did John Kennedy said? Right. But it could be Ukraine. I mean, seriously. Unless you're talking to someone very stupid for you to give that kind of answer and expect that audience to actually buy your answer, right? But here's the thing. We found out that the reason that Republicans do that is because they believe that the audience is too stupid to understand. Because think about the answer. Oh, yes. The whole intelligence community say it was Russia, but it could be Ukraine. Where would anyone find that it could be Ukraine? Well, the intelligence agencies who have the tools, the resources to investigate, they all come to the unanimous conclusion that it was Russia. Where would John Kennedy find that? But yes, okay, but it could be Ukraine. Where would he find that except that he expects the audience not to understand the question and then provide his own answers. You see the problem in the Republican uh, circle? They expect the audience to be that stupid. Because you don't have to be a genius. You don't have to have any background in investigation or any, you don't even have to have a college degree. If I were to say to you, maybe not perfect example, but it will get the point across. If I were to say to you, everyone agrees that the sky is blue. Everyone across the board agree. All the experts agree that the sky is blue. And that's the question asked to John Kennedy. And his answer is, yeah, but it could be gray. How do you reconcile those two? If everyone agrees it's blue, how could it also be gray? But John Kennedy expects the Republican audience, the Republican following, the Republican viewers not to understand the question and to simply go along with his answers. And that's a dilemma in the Republican circle. The Republican leaders believe that their followers, their supporters, their audience, were too stupid to understand. So they can deceive them, they can manipulate them, they can tell them anything that they want, and it will work. And I must say, in all fairness, they are correct. It is sad, but correct. Because the only reason any individual would try to sell you something and continue to sell you the same thing, it's because you're buying it. Because if you weren't buying it, they would have 
find something else. So it become easy for them to manipulate the Republican constituent. It become easy for them to deceive the Republican constituent. So they adopt. It's like something that works. Why break it? But how, how did the how did the Republican become that stupid, that ignorant? How did that happen? Because it, it's it's impossible to have conversation with a Republican in general because all they bring forth in the conversation is the same talking point, the same soundbite they get from their leaders, whoever that those leaders are, whether it's politics, business, or religious leaders, they take their, their talking point and they're not able to discern that those are lies, there are deception, those are things that people are trying to manipulate them. You recall during the whole impeachment inquiry, every single day, Devin Nunez read from his 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 statement that Ukraine was the country that interfered in the election. So he said it every single day for two weeks. When in fact, as we just heard, Chris Wallace is saying, he's asking the same question. How could any Republican say those kind of things, especially legislators who know better? They have the document in their hand. They have the information in their hand. And yet, they are gung-ho about deceiving their constituent. Why is that? That's a question that the constituent, the Republican constituent ought to ask. Why is it that the Republican leaders are so interested in deceiving them, in manipulating them? Why is that? Because I always make the argument here. This is not a venue where we're trying to convince you of one thing or the other. We make our argument. You may, uh, uh, you may go along with it or you may not. And we have had that in this program where sometimes we get the wrath of the Democrats. Sometimes we get the wrath of the Republican. But the bottom line is we're trying to present a set of logical choices. And those, you cannot argue with facts. You cannot argue with logic. But we have also found out that it's difficult to have conversation with Republican because the idea of using logic in a conversation is out of the window. They espouse the Republican leader's talking point, soundbite, and that's what they throw at you as if this is the truth. If I'm there as an eyewitness and I watch something happen and I tell you it happened, and you're having an argument with me, then you can, there is no way for me to help you. You will stay in ignorance. And for some reason, Republican constituents seem to prefer the idea of staying in ignorance and repeating all the stupidity that are given to them by the Republican leaders. That part is, is difficult to, to grasp.
And that's a reason everyone seems to be on board to accept wrongdoing as justified. Because today, the Republican leaders, the same who deceive their audience, their supporters, their constituents, they come to a conclusion, they cannot say that Donald Trump did not solicit help from a foreign government anymore. They cannot say that because it's too blatant of a lie. The truth is too obvious. They cannot say that anymore. So now they resort to, it's not that bad. It's like the bank robber justifying breaking into the bank and tell you, well, I did break into the bank, but I didn't take anything. It's not that bad. Well, let's remove the that example from the bank and into your house and see how not that bad it is. Someone break into your house, ransack the house, looking for who God who knows what, but walk away when they hear footstep, they run. After you survey everything, you'll find out they didn't take, that individual didn't take anything. Let's assume that's the case. That's exactly what Donald Trump did in the case of Ukraine. He froze money allocated to help Ukraine buy weapon to defend itself from Russian aggression. He froze that money. And he said he want to investigate a company called Burisma. He said he want to the Ukraine president to investigate the 2016 presidential election and find out that it wasn't Russia that did the meddling, it was Ukraine. In other words, he's telling the Ukraine president to say that because there is no proof, not a shred of proof that it was Ukraine because all the intelligence agencies came to the conclusion unanimously it was Russia. So when the president of the United States asked the president of Ukraine to investigate that, it's a code word to say, find that Ukraine did that, meaning say that Ukraine did that, because there is no shred of evidence that points to Ukraine. So Donald Trump is asking the president of Ukraine to lie about that. But Donald Trump wants to get rid of corruption, but he, wanted, he only wants Burisma, the company called Burisma, to be investigated. And funny enough, Joe Biden's son worked for that company. He doesn't care about any other company corruption because that doesn't matter. But he wants to get corruption out of Ukraine. Now, if you have some, if you have even the average intelligence to understand, what does that tell you? If someone wants to get rid of corruption from a country, what you would want is widespread investigation across the board, not just one company.
And it so happened that one company has something that he so want, he so need, because he want something, some dirt on Biden. That's not an individual who is interested in weeding a country of corruption. Wouldn't you say? Now, everyone could would have agreed that if you want corruption out of Ukraine and ask the president to investigate the whole government and all the organization, that would have made sense. But he only wanted one company to be investigated. Just that one company. And Burisma is a small company. But it was just that one company. So Burisma is the only company that has corruption. And that's what your Republican leaders want you to buy, to believe, and to say, oh, it's not that bad. Donald Trump just wants to get rid of corruption. But Wait a minute. He's asking the president of Ukraine to concoct a story about Ukraine meddling in the election. How does that compute in getting rid of corruption? Because that's really what he's asking. Because everybody says it was Russia. Everybody. The definition of everybody said everybody, not anybody else. Every single individual. If I say every man every human being is mortal that means there is no exception so if every agency intelligence agency say it was russia so we know it's not ukraine but donald trump want the president of ukraine to to investigate that it was ukraine that medal in the 2016 presidential election. In other words, Donald Trump is simply telling the president of Ukraine, find me something that says that. That's blatant corruption. But he wants to get corruption out of Ukraine. As I said, there is no argument anymore that everybody agrees that Donald Trump did solicit help from a foreign government to meddle in our internal affairs. No Republican denies that. No Republican argues that. Now, the argument that they have is, it's not that bad. How do you make sense of the noise? Talking points here, sound bites there, chaos, Confusion, partisanship, lawmakers with no concern for our constitution, deception, corruption running rampant in Washington. Is it all politics? Join me every day for our regular program air at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter for a discussion on social political issues which impact our lives and those of future generations. See you then. By now, it should be pretty common knowledge that Rudy Giuliani is 
deeply involved in this affairs of Donald Trump trying to get the president of Ukraine to dig up dirt on Joe Biden and to investigate the 2016 presidential election. Rudy Giuliani is the point man for Donald Trump in this whole affair. But obviously, Rudy Giuliani could not do that on his own because Rudy Giuliani doesn't know anything about Ukraine. But as a point man, he's been traveling. He's been meeting with people who do. People from Ukraine, people who know the politics of Ukraine, people who were involved in corruption in Ukraine. So he's been meeting with them. And those people, they have every incentive to try to get on the good side of Donald Trump because they're in trouble. There is one gentleman in particular uh, is currently holed up, uh, I believe either in Sweden or in Norway, somewhere in the Nordic, one of the Nordic countries, is holed up there and the United States has been trying to have him extradited because Furtash is a very wealthy individual. And according to uh, an article on New York Times, it seems that even the money that Giuliani is currently getting may have come from him. Now, he is uh, one of the people who, were, uh, who had to flee, to flee uh, Ukraine and uh, is in a predicament that he would like really to come out of of, of, of the darkness that he's in, because where he's at, he's in jeopardy of being extradited to the United States of America to face, of course, all the charges. So, Giuliani, uh, through that guy, uh, his name is Lev Parnas, he's one of the two people who were indicted for campaign finance, who were arrested uh, at Dallas airport trying to uh, flee the country on a one-way ticket and uh, is now cooperating with uh, uh, the investigation conducted by not only SDNY but also by Congress. And he's spilling the bin. He said categorically in fact, he supply notes, audios, video conversation of him and Giuliani, and according to the report, it seems also of Donald Trump. So, in the next couple of days, in the next few days, I should say, brace yourself for audio conversation of Giuliani plotting on behalf of Donald Trump for the president of Ukraine to investigate the 2016 presidential election and Joe Biden. And Rudy Giuliani himself is in serious trouble because everything from campaign financing to federal charges of him being the appointment on uh, something that highly criminal. 
And it is just a matter of time that Giuliani himself faced the music, just as Lev Parnas, his other uh, colleague, so far has not collaborated with, uh, with uh, SDNY or Congress, but Lev Parnas believed that it is his duty that he was subpoenaed to talk. And he's doing some serious talking. And those talk, Giuliani would be in very, very serious, uh, uh, untenable position to argue because when you have audio, when you have video, it's very difficult to say that it's not you. Because when people say something about you, you can argue that's not the case. But once you start hearing your voice talking, then it becomes impossible for you to say, no, that's not me. So, Rudy Giuliani, with the help of Lev Parnas, the gentleman you just saw earlier, along with his colleague, did have a very good contact with Fertash, who is a, a very wealthy individual, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, he is uh, called, he's supposed to be an energy tycoon. And also, he has very, very close tie to Kremlin. Translation to Vladimir Putin. Is considered one of the oligarchs that Donald Trump mentioned in his phone call with uh, the president of Ukraine saying that uh, there are some uh, wealthy people, they call them oligarchs, pretend to, be, uh, to act stupid as if he doesn't have the information in front of him. They call them oligarchs. I want you to look into that. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. In any event, uh, now the other individual is Kolomoisky. I think his first name is uh, what is his first name? Ego. No, actually it's not Ego. Well, we just say Kolomoisky because I don't really recall his first name. Uh, he is uh, the other individual uh, that uh, Giuliani tried to uh, get in touch with in order to get as much dirt as he possibly could. But Fertash, that I showed to you earlier, that guy, and Kolomoisky, both of them have problem with the justice system here in the United States. So they have every reason to want the help of Giuliani, who promised them that he can make everything go away. Of course he could, because Donald Trump said, well, anybody who has problem, just let me know. I'll take care of that. And he has his attorney general, William Barr, who would do anything that Donald Trump wanted him to do. In other words, we don't have an attorney general. We don't have a government that functions under Donald Trump. We have a bunch of a criminal organization, which Donald Trump is the head. And whatever he wants to happen, make happen. So we don't have an actual government the way that the framers of the Constitution intended it to be. Because Donald Trump has turned the government, the U.S. government, into his own criminal organization where everyone who works for his organization would do anything he asks. And usually, whatever Donald Trump asks, 
is criminal. William Barr has been doing his bidding. Giuliani, Mike Pompeo, very much involved as we heard some of the witnesses who testified during those two weeks marathon that Mike Pompeo is very much involved in the whole thing. Gordon, Gordon, Gordon Sondland, you see at the very far left on your screen, said that everyone was in the loop. Everyone. And today we have email, plenty of email that clearly show that Mike Pompeo, Donald Trump, Rick Perry, everyone was in the loop. Mick Mulvaney, everyone who works in the Trump administration is in, was involved in corruption trying to bribe Ukraine to get involved in their corruption. Now, all that I just said, it's not Democrats who make that happen. Democrats put it in front of you. Because that's what Republicans are trying to argue. They're not arguing those things are not true. And if you were to be an American patriot, be Democrat or Republican, and if you are more interested in the integrity of our nation, if you're interested in protecting, defending the Constitution of the United States, you cannot but come to the conclusion that this whole administration is corrupt and needs to go. Because those things that I just mentioned to you, those things happen. Democrats didn't invent them. Democrats didn't create them. They all happen. We have 13 witnesses who actually gave different aspects of this corruption in the Trump administration. They, they happen. But because Republicans believe that the supporters the constituents are too stupid to grasp that concept that wrongdoing happened. So now they blaming the Democrat for trying to hold the president accountable. It's not the Democrat fault that the president of the United States is a corrupt individual. It's not the Democrat fault that everybody who works for him is also corrupt. Making the argument that the Democrats are trying to hold the president accountable is not really a good defense. A good defense would have been the president didn't do that. The president couldn't possibly have been involved in doing those kind of things. That's not what they're saying. It was beneath the office of the presidency for Bill Clinton to lie about the affair. But it is quite fine for Donald Trump to get involved in corruption. So the office of the presidency, you know, can put a crook there. You have a whole organized criminal 
enterprise by the Donald Trump administration. Those are not just statements. Those are statements of facts. We have an irrefutable proof that that's what's happening in the United States of America. We cannot take comfort in people lying for the President of the United States. This is not a defense. Everybody's been asking the question, and some people been dancing around the issue that the Republican constituents are not stupid. And I actually always, always laugh at that statement. Because I know that they, they have to say that because they're afraid if they tell things, if they say what is actually the case, they may lose advertising money by calling the devil by its name. If somebody is ignorant, is naive, I'm not sure how good it, it is to pretend that's not the case. In fact, it's so much the case that the Republican leaders are capitalizing on that. They're exploiting it. Because how else can you explain that those people who are in possession of the truth, in possession of the facts, how else would you explain that they prefer to lie to the constituent? When you hear Devin Nunez saying that it was Ukraine that interfered in the 2016 election. Now, how stupid can anyone be to say something like that? Devin Nunez was the chair of the Intelligence com com Committee. So he cannot not know what he's saying is false. Even now as ranking member, he still has access to information that clearly show him that what he's saying is false. And yet, he said it anyway. And the reason he would do that is because he believed he has an audience for that. So the idea that I've been hearing people all over the place in the news media saying that Republican constituents are not stupid, I'm not sure I agree with that. Because 40 plus percent of the people voted Donald Trump in office, two plus years later, he still has the backing of 40 plus percent of people. Despite all the wrongdoing, despite all the chaos, despite all the confusion, despite all the scandal, so I'm not sure I can go along with the idea that the Republican constituents are not stupid because who continue to support a crook? Who continue to support a criminal? Who continue to support someone who is destroying the very fabric of our society? 
I don't think smart people would do something like that, do you? So I cannot go along with the idea as if that makes them feel good. Or maybe they laugh at the idea of people saying that. Or they laugh at the idea that people do not see that. Yes, they are stupid indeed. They are ignorant. They are naive. And Republican leaders are exploiting that, taking advantage of that. Because how, how else would you explain that every Republican leader come and lies to the constituent? How do you explain that? Devin Nunez, every single day during the hearing, he peddled the same falsehood. How else would you explain that? I just showed you a clip of John Kennedy, the guy that I tell you can sell you the devil uh, for Jesus. And I don't say that lightly. And every time I mention his name, I take, I always make certain that I tell you exactly who that guy is. And I've seen him over and over talking. And it's a guy that really can make you feel that Jesus is not really the person you should be worshiping. The devil should be. And he can make a case for it. And believe you me, you will believe him. That's how good he is at deceiving people. He got the question that unanimously all the intelligence agencies say it was Russia. And his answer is, right, but he could be Ukraine. Who is his audience? Who is he talking for? Because if I don't know that I can say it didn't understand the question because a guy that has degree at Harvard, degree at Oxford University, who's been in Washington for two plus decades, that guy cannot possibly be stupid. But he believed that the people that he's talking to are stupid. Because that's the only thing that makes sense. I cannot see any other reason that someone could in one breath say, yes, I do understand unanimously all the intelligence agencies say it was Russia, but, you know, it could be Ukraine. Huh? Why does it matter? In case you don't see, in case you're not watching, the United States of America is being run to the ground. The, the same people who claim to have moral values now today stand in front of you and say the President of the United States involved in corruption, oh fine, that's not that bad. The same people who claim to have family values are the same people today telling you the President of the United States involved in corruption, in scandal. That's not that bad. The same people who claim to be Christian are today in front of you trying to convince you that wrongdoing is fine. Let's all get into it. How do you make sense of the news? Talking points here, sound bites there, 
chaos, confusion, partisanship, lawmakers with no concern for our constitution, deception, corruption running rampant in Washington. Is it all politics? Join me every day for our regular program air at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter for a discussion on social political issues which impact our lives and those of future generations. See you then. As the Thanksgiving Day is fast approaching, I get to reflect over the holiday season. Just a side note that I have an article coming up shortly that will be uh, published on the peoplebranch.org website in regards to this particular day, the Thanksgiving day. Every year we, it's a tradition that across the nation, we, people look forward to that day where families will gather around the table to eat. Sometimes it's probably the only time that they have to socialize, to catch up. But the holiday is marketed as the time to thank God, to be thankful for whatever that is you're thankful for. Some people would say they're thankful for being alive. I personally do not subscribe to that uh, thankfulness because I'm not certain that it conveys anything at all. All those people claim to be thankful for being alive, so are millions of others, billions of others. Some criminals, some reject of society, they all also alive. So it's not anything special to thank to be thankful for being alive. I don't have anything against anybody saying they're thankful for being alive, but I find it too cliche to be thankful for that because at some point you will not be and others are not in fact as you being thankful for being alive others are alive and suffering in pain dying and so on how about those who are in this excruciating pain but being alive should they be thankful or not? That aside, the particular holiday was sold to us 
and today market it as something great, something to be happy about, something to be thankful for. Of course, myself included, we grew up in the environment and every year, religiously, we celebrate Thanksgiving. Of course, no one cared to know exactly how it came about. We are told a story, we buy the story, but we really don't care. We simply, thankful enough, no pun intended, that we have the day off and we can go and sit down across the table and eat as much turkey as possible, get stuff, and feel that was a great Thanksgiving. But the real story behind that day is actually a very sad story. It is the story of the of 90% of the indigenous communities decimated by the pilgrim. Yes, all the Indian right here, those who own the land, those who occupy the land, they were completely decimated, killed by the pilgrim who came to claim the land for themselves. That's nothing to celebrate about. If you think about it, what to celebrate? The pilgrim came, chased, executed, and killed and decimated 90% of a population in a land that belonged to them, but in order to claim that land, they had to kill those who owned that land. I don't see anything to be thankful for. I don't see anything to rejoice about. And yet, this is what we do year in, year out. We're thankful for being alive. How about those that we killed? How about those that we kill, we deprive of lives? It's always an irony in the American uh, culture how we can turn anything that's macabre, that's grim, that's we done to a community, to a group, something as bad as that. Of course, we remember the Civil War as well when slaves, blacks were enslaved, But somehow, we always manage to turn everything as if it's rosy. And it is in this line of thought that I'm looking at this Thanksgiving coming up and watching in dismay the individual whose job, the leaders, is to educate, to Take from the darkness into the light the followers, the supporters, the constituent, but instead have chosen to drag them further into darkness. To lie to them, to deceive them, to manipulate them. And yet, rest assured, they all gonna be thankful being alive on Thanksgiving. They're going to be thankful God grant them health. They're going to be thankful that they have a president 
who has defied logic, a president who has run the country to the ground. They're going to be thankful they have something to eat. They're going to be thankful that they have the land. I must say that this year I feel mostly saddened as the day is approaching. Because it is rather a day, it should have been a day of reflection, not a day of rejoicing. Because it is in that period of time that the pilgrims killed, decimated, wipe out 90% of the indigenous communities. It is in that period of time that we're showing the worst of ourselves. It is in that period of time that those who are called leaders in the Republican Party have chosen to exploit the weaknesses of their constituent, of their supporters, to lie to them, to deceive them, to manipulate them. No, there is nothing to rejoice about in this Thanksgiving day. Yes, I cannot stop you from saying you're thankful. But let it be known that this Thanksgiving is nothing to rejoice about. I hope this program was of some use to you. If not, you already know what to do. Send us your comments, your criticism, your suggestion. Let us know how to do it better. In the meantime, should you have a particular topic you are interested in, or you would like us to talk about, send it to us. We will research it, we will debate it right here on the floor French, the place for common sense. I hope you have a great afternoon. Hopefully you can join me again tomorrow for another interesting episode of America in Crisis. Good day. That was an update through the prism of common sense. Join us again tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. for a full presentation. I am MD, host of the fourth branch program, The Place for Common Sense. Send us comments, criticism, suggestion, or simply let us know how we're doing. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful afternoon. See you next time.
Fourth Branch Podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the People Branch publication, which can be found on the People Branch website, located at peoplebranch.org. That's P-E-O-P-L-E-B-R-A-N-C-H.org. That's peoplebranch.org website in which you will find a number of very interesting articles. My name is Mike Duchenne, MD for short. I hope you have a great afternoon or a great evening, whichever it happens to be. Hopefully, you can join me again next time for another interesting episode of this podcast. That was the fourth branch, live from New York. Good day. Good day.